I am a slut for pedagogy. This is Excuse Me, I Have a Master's, a podcast where we answer the question, I have a master's degree, what now? Hello, welcome to yet another episode of Excuse Me, I Have a Master's. I'm joined today by... As always. As always, my recurring guest co-host. I hate you so much. (laughs) I let you have this because I just, I know you need one thing in your life. I have nothing in my life. This is it. I live for this. (laughs) It's a sad existence. It sure is. Our infrequently produced. (laughs) Not infrequent, just irregular. I, um, I was like, what the fuck is on my leg? It's just the piss. It, it's just piss. <laughs> trickling down. It's that weird little camera icon. Um. Anyway, you can't see that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, we are. We're doing visual content now. We're filming this. Why? Because we're beautiful. People have often been like, "We've listened to you, but what do you look like? But what do you look like? What, what are you? What are you about? I want to see those gams. Uh, see those gams. Which is also funny. See these socks. <laughs> Oh, that was never mind. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm good. I feel like an overstimulated puppy right now. Because well, it's because I, you know, adjusting to full-time work. I haven't been outside when the sun is outside in a long time. And today I walked here and it was ama- I could have ran. I wouldn't have because I would have been winded as hell. But I was like, <laughs> like walking down the street, like this is amazing. <laughs> and I, I still don't know what to do. I'm very jazzed right now. I'm a little slap happy because I didn't sleep that much. But I just like, I don't know. The day is mine. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. I know that I'm talking very fast right now. <laughs> and I don't care. That's how I'm doing. How are you? I'm going to put like the playback speed at half speed so you're like you're speaking normally. <laughs> and I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I too am feeling good. Uh, I have... We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how I feel in a couple hours. But uh, I have a thing that's happening which is cool. Um, maybe I'll tell you about it later. Uh, Secret projects. I love project. when people tweet things like, working on something exciting can't wait to tell you about it like just tell me what it is yeah i was working on an article yesterday about um how to manifest things and they say if you want the universe to give you something you have to actually like make something so like if you're writing out your intention or your wants you have to like actually take a pen and paper and like create a physical thing they say like don't type out your your wish so it is you have to make a covenant yeah yeah you're making it more important by creating a physical object Rather than the uh, the virtual landscape to which we are all enthralled. You're saying Twitter <laughs> isn't the best way to manifest? I mean, I'm listen, kidding. if you tweet it, it will come true. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, obviously, no. look at how successful we are. <laughs> <laughs> that could bode poorly for... There are a lot of stupid people on Twitter. True. Well, I mean, it depends on what you tweet, too. Like, if I were to tweet, who wants to see these feet, y'all, I'd be making money. I don't know why I haven't tweeted that. I have a sneaking suspicion. I'm about to. <laughs> Guys, I'm entering a new era. <laughs> a new phase of my artistic output. It's just my souls. 
and <laughs> but it's like all encompassing you know you make a lot of poetry about exposing your feet and it's like he bared his souls to me bared his souls and yeah. it's like you mean soul you only have one soul it's like that's not what i said it's me like licking my own foot like mm, soul food <laughs> <laughs> someone like out someone out there just got a boner shut up <laughs> Some... <laughs> that what person am... that slid in my instagram dms you know who you are you'll be back throwing it out into the world dan's writing this down currently so it's gonna happen manifesting <laughs> i'm not writing i'm manifesting i'm we'll manifesting my <laughs> jesus it is so interesting like when i have to do research for those like astrology articles or manifesting things or like chakra stuff all the like top websites that come up are like clearly written in the perspective of like by white women for white women and so that's like the voice I write into, especially for like the sex. Like I had to, I had to write like how to please a Virgo man in the bedroom. And I was like, okay, ladies, you know, like it's just so. and I love like reading that article and then looking at my byline, like this fucking, <laughs> this dude just told me to, just told me to dominate him. <laughs> and it, I want you to look as you do now, like you're wearing a backwards baseball cap, flannel, and this is like, all right, ladies. This is gay now. This is, <laughs> this is a gay look now. We took it. We took it all back. You can you can be gay in a tool. Yeah. In fact, most of us are. <laughs> most of us are. <laughs> you did. I like that you said it to yourself in the camera and not the mic. I did both. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I missed I the did first both. part. It, the the overlap. The Venn diagram of gay guys and tools has a lot of overlap. <laughs> Gay, gay guys in trash. Tool is a very specific kind of trash. There's a lot of trash. <laughs> we're not special because we're a minority. Damn straight. Happy Black History Month. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to get old. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was walking. I was thinking about that moment <laughs> earlier today. He's like, oh, he's going he's gonna to bring it back. Dude. Yeah, I was trying to, this whole time, give us one of my trademark segues, but I just, I just never learned how. I wish someone could have taught me how to do proper segues. Well, that's crazy, because we're talking about teaching. Wow, you just segued into your other personality. <laughs> do you ever work with a crazy person, listeners? Yes. All the time. Shut up, Andrew. No! <laughs> <laughs> what is this fucking the master hurts us Colin must not butcher you. <laughs> you're giving very that energy and I I would not have been good in the fellowship of the ring I would have been over that shit immediately <laughs> you just like throw Gollum into the lava yeah I would have been like oh he's following us no <laughs> I would have killed Frodo not for the ring just cause I hate him <laughs> Sam too I have a theory and I tweeted this, and no one appreciated it. Samwise Gamgee is like the James Corden of Middle Earth. <laughs> you know, just kind of like, similar kind of look, but also just that like, abrasively nice energy that's like, okay, stop. I heard he's kind of a dick. Really? Yeah, where did I hear that? I, I would believe that. But at least his like, forward-facing yeah, persona. Yeah, yeah. 
is like very two-dimensional because he's only just like i'm the cute funny british that's not what he sounds like but you know he's like very one note samwise gamgee is also one note and that note is pathetic yeah, if only Samwise also just did really offensive gay stereotypes for his characters, of which he gets nominations for, then it would be exactly like Jesus. All I'm going to say on that is those hobbits aren't straight. They're not gay, but they're queer. <laughs> There's something going on with those hobbits. Maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe that's just what like secure, comfortable, masculine friendships should look like. Yeah, um... That's why the nerd community is famously not homophobic or that's a good point. You go nerds. Yeah. I think out of all of uh, out of all of the clicks, the nerds are just like we just need numbers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You really taught me something about nerds. Well, it's crazy that you say that because oh, who's the Segway king now? <laughs> to be fair, that Segway was going to be fine before you just went off on your tangent of i guess tangent or um profound insight tangent it was tangent. a tangent yeah okay whatever. i also think it was a tangent shut up oh my god i'm gonna kill both of you <laughs> i'm gonna break both of your legs <laughs> no please don't break their legs shut up mom sometimes this is gonna make me sound like a crazy person when i'm i, I I'm trying to practice, like, delivering crazy lines without, like, breaking or laughing. And sometimes I will, like, look myself in the eyes in the mirror and try to, like, threaten myself. <laughs> and I... <laughs> it's impossible to do it without laughing because I will look myself dead in the eyes in the bathroom mirror and be like, I'm going to break your legs. And trying not to laugh is... I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I've lived alone for too long. <laughs> I'm threatening myself just to feel something. <laughs> And that thing is not laughing. <laughs> not laughing. I can say I can say break your legs to myself now. I haven't I haven't branched out into other threats because it took me a while to to deliver that one. Part of learning a new skill is slowly elevating and building <laughs> on what you've learned before. You see, excuse me, people. Uh, Dan and I are teachers, pedagogues. Pedagogues. We have been taught how to ta- uh, teach. We've. We're just a long line of... T- Do you like... What is... There's... Someone was talking about... They're getting like a doctorate in curriculum or like education... Something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, did you know like this is a relatively new field? Like someone not even like a hundred years ago or something was like, we need to figure out how to teach people to teach. And they're still just kind of figuring out like a doctoral level curriculum. And I'm like, that sounds like on par for this degree. <laughs> Yeah, it is very interesting. I am a slut for pedagogy in all fields. Like, I'm fascinated with how people teach different things. Like, especially in the arts, too. Like, obviously, our background is in music instruction and music education. But, like, I love watching people teach, like, improv. I'm taking my first ever acting class right now, and that shit's fascinating. The work. Yeah, yeah. We're doing the work. I do, like... I do, like you said, I do like witnessing, especially if it is a, a class to which they, the teacher has complete control of what they are deeming important. They're not just being like, this is the curriculum and I'm going to teach my version of that. Or if, you know, they just are like lazy and stick to whatever was written out for them to teach. Um, 
and it's I I like seeing how p- two different people will teach the exact same concept or even the exact same thing, and then what they think you will get out of it could be vastly different. I also appreciate when you see someone, it's like, how are you so bad at this? Yeah. Yeah, like you know, because you also learn by learning what not to do. Yeah. It's, I love that. It's like a genuine question, too. That I like, if someone's really sucking, I'm like, why are you bad at this? Like, it's a puzzle to figure out. I think that's why I, I really like teaching, actually. One-on-one. I hate group classes. <laughs> I hate, like, full... I had to teach a, like, 25-student, like, sixth-grade music theory class one semester, and I wanted to kill myself <laughs> and also every child in the room. I'm not doing that. I looked them dead in the eyes and said, I'm going to break your legs. But I would burst out laughing so they knew I was kidding. They said that to each other. They were violent. <laughs> I saw, I saw. okay, flute flute students are the worst. I saw this girl pick up a music stand and like hit another girl in the head. And she was like, sorry, Mr. Dan, it was an accident. And I was like, I don't Oh my God. And I was like, I don't like her either, but damn. You know, like, <laughs> that, that was aggressive. WWE, man. Well, that's the, that is the really challenging aspect of teaching young kids too is like i have to teach you a skill and also how to not be a monster yeah man i most of my group teaching settings is usually like a master class scenario or a like you know like a band camp kind of thing where it's like just a little quick thing for like oh like four classes tops and i'm just like you know realistically where the lowest kid in that class and where the highest kid and then where clumps of other talent falls is insane because you know you gotta this is just like our our strict music ed teacher friends that are listening to this are like shut the fuck up you two yeah Mm -hmm. it's hard we know we know it's insane i realized listening to this show that one of my like default responses to things you say is that's crazy I say a lot of crazy things. I say that a lot. Well, you are crazy, but I really you'll say something like the sky is blue. I'll be like, That's crazy. <laughs> I think you're just a basic bitch. I'm pretty basic. I also re- since we started filming this and by started I mean we've done this once. <laughs> I touch my face a lot. You got a touchable face? I've got a touchable face. This beard? Ugh. Pillows. Y- yeah. Brown hairy pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that. I hated that. Keep that. Keep that. That's good. I um. That's no. my my only. <laughs> She's a brown hairy pillow. Brown. Hairy... <laughs> God. Oh, that was a that was a that's a phrase. The teachers and the kids are really in it together. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, like they're going through the same like trauma and drama. They both don't want to be there. No, nah, no one wants to be there. Yeah, but but especially like during COVID and stuff, like everybody's stressed out my like, teacher friends got so fucked like you know yeah. it's like it's band teachers specifically or well music teachers right because especially in wisconsin for the longest time they were still trying to do hybrid shit or as soon as they could they were do like so then they had to do they had to do like planned zoom lessons but then had to have in-person shit for like the one kid that showed up that's who thought that was ever a good idea as dumb as hell they need to fix our education system yeah well i i've said this for a long time i think every like social problem we have in this country has at least 
part of its cause in our completely broken public education system. Yeah, because we raise idiots. We raise idiots. And it's, like, I'm sorry, like, okay, like, teaching a kid math is one thing, but, like, teaching somebody, like, critical thinking skills, like, maybe that website that ends in .earthlink.net isn't legit. Maybe you shouldn't, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't believe everything you read online. You know, things like that. And it's, like, how do you do that? You know, it's a, that's a hard, it's like, it's a soft skill, I guess, but it's an important one. Well, that's why we have to indoctrinate them at college with all of our liberal professors. The gay agenda. The gay agenda. The gajenda. The gajenda. <laughs> G- Not to be confused G- with gajanga. Gajanga. G apostrophe agenda. <laughs> it's French. It's French. <laughs> Le gajenda. Yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about. I don't know why this popped in my head, but like talking about teaching and learning, teaching people how to teach, teaching people who want to learn. I remember I was learning some stuff in grad school, um, like just, you know, some percussion technique, like school of thought. And my professor's like, this is... You learned things in grad school? No, I did not say that. <laughs> um, but he was just like, my professor was like, this is hand... That's like, this is... This person's technique, this is, uh, like, like he passed it on to my teacher, who passed it on to me, and now I'm passing it on to you. It's like, so it's like, this is the lineage of this school of thought in yeah. percussion playing. And I'm just like, huh. You know, and he would do that. It's like, you know, like, there are generations of percussionists that, like, realistically, it is this one person who had taught all, because, you know, like, this person's students went to, like, these big schools yeah. And those people taught these big teachers. I love, like, the tapestry of pedagogical family trees. I love that. Well, and the, I feel like that's especially, like, an arts thing, too. Yeah. Like, the method. The Stanislavski method. Mm-hmm. You know? That's very interesting. I love that. And it does, like, I don't know. I... Not... I don't know. How do I want to... I've, like, told my students before, like, this is... I've specifically said, like, this is something I learned from my teacher. And it, it does make it feel like this, like... This is your grand teacher, you know, like it's, yeah. it's interesting, especially if your grand teacher is like someone like really famous or really good. It makes it be like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I like it from every other angle. Like I sometimes come from it cause I was just like, I like to acknowledge that I didn't think of it myself. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and that's another cool thing, right? Is, uh, depending on who you study with, like, like my teacher, like Madison pulled that from this person but maybe didn't pull these things from. So I do like how, even though we're all like byproducts of like one or two like grand teachers, you're like, this is, this is how I view it. And this is like, like no teacher. I mean, you know, percussion, very tactile. So people like be aware of how you move, be aware of your space. But I am the only, like no one has talked to me about like energy. I mean, talk about like effective use of energy, but no one's been like, the energy in your body and like feeling it. And, but when I teach, I talk about that a lot. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you have to be, I was like, you have to, you have to feel how you are feeling, like how your hand connects with like the drum, like how does it feel to you? And it's like an extension of what I've been taught. And then, so sometimes I think I was like, man, like I've taught some kids that still like, they clearly left me are still playing. And I'm like, man, I wonder if they're going to teach. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, so my teacher would always talk about energy, and I'm like, man, that's 
that could be that's a cool mm. concept my teacher never shut up about art pop we've got <laughs> 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 my student i love me oh my god i had a i was teaching a private lesson in undergrad and I, I mean, I had been teaching for a, like, I started teaching private lessons in like high school, you know, like, so I had like a few years of experience under my belt, but I was by no means a master teacher. And I was trying to explain like a forklift modulation. She was like, why do the notes change here? I was like, oh, cause the key changed. And I was trying to explain it. And for some reason, there's so many examples in pop music of those changes that I could have thought of. But I was like, do you know the song Lucky by Britney Spears? And this was in maybe like 20... 13 or 14 and she was like dead ass no god damn it you're young like (laughs) my analogies don't work anymore i remember the first time i was teaching this is a story about a teacher that's old i was teaching and this was maybe like six years ago and i was teaching a marimba lesson and this kid you know brought his band part in we're working on it and i was just like I was like, can you hear, you know, like, can you use your ear, right? Like, can you hear you're playing some wrong notes? Like, can you sing the melody to me? Like, don't you know it? And he's like, I've never heard this song in my life. I'm like, super califragilisticexpialidocious. And I was like, you don't know. I was like, have you? That's a dagger like, to I was like, heart. do you know who Mary Poppins is? I was like, no. The Julie Andrews I was bitch? like, oh my God. I'm like, I feel like, you know, that's a movie that transcends. Like, people will keep watching. People yes. will keep making fun of, you know, Dick Van Dyke's British accent. Yeah. You know, like. How do you not How do you know not this? No, yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, it, teaching, I felt really old in that moment, though. I know, I hate those two, and I blame the young ones too. Well, because it, <laughs> it, <laughs> of our broken education it's system, not my fault. They don't know. Yeah, honestly, there should be a whole Julie Andrews uh, unit in social studies. <laughs> the impact of the Queen, but it's interesting, like teaching somebody like pop culture references too and this is especially like i've noticed this most recently in like the improv scene is like the suggestion will be like civil war and someone will be like when was that it's like (sighs) you need to like it i don't know have a just like a general idea you know it's like those people those videos um where they go around and they're trying to like see how dumb americans are and they're like who won the civil war and people don't know it's like what are you what yeah, I mean, I also, I don't know. Sometimes the Civil War is not pop culture. Also, I didn't, yeah, I yeah. didn't mean to. You know, complain. you know when you're just on the I dance didn't... floor and then it's like, this is that new hit from from when the Union ah, took like over Yankee the Doodle Dance. <laughs> 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 you are too stoked. <laughs> just trying to imagine like you're on the, the theme floor of tonight's and... party: Civil War anthems. <laughs> I do like when someone dead ass was like, "Do you know when the War of 1812 started?" And they're like, "I don't, I don't fucking know." And I mean, you know, they obviously are asking so many people, and they just air the most stupid. But I'm like, yeah. But they still exist in more numbers than we want to admit. Yeah. Well, I think something's interesting too. Like I, I acknowledge that when I was a younger person, and I'm still very young, but I didn't care what came before me. You know, I think that's just part of the youth mindset. And I know that the older I get, the more interested I am in looking back. Like, now I'm in a very, like, 90s phase. Like, 90s sitcoms. The way people dressed in the 90s. Like, I'm very interested in that. And I grew up in the 90s, but I was still so young that, like, it didn't really stick. Like, it's something I'm nostalgic about that I didn't necessarily feel like I was a part of. You know, I was born in 93. I don't know. That still counts as 90 kid. 90s kid, right? I remember Y2K. 
Yeah. I was that asshole kid that was like, if I sit down, or it's like, if I stay up past midnight, I'll have been awake for two centuries. Like, I was that. <laughs> I yeah, said, you're, you're I a 90s kid because you're an idiot. But also, like, I don't know. I'm very... I'm nostalgic about the 90s because, like, 2000 also coincides with, like, the technological shift. And, like, we are some of the last people that remember, like, not having a cell phone or, like, using a a floppy disk. Yeah, using payphones. Like, having to use a payphone. Yeah. Oh, I love... I love seeing payphones. I know. They're... It's a relic. It's an it's a living and they're so relic. cool and they're they should still be around. Um, teaching, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teaching kids how to use phones and be responsible on the internet. That's like a well, that's like that's you you were touching thing. on it right. Is there's also this just we have a point. We promise the younger you the younger the the thing is the thing being a child, <laughs> right? That that's more you were like oh, all children are it to me until like high school i don't <laughs> get it away from me like, <laughs> <laughs> right but like the younger they are the more it's like you are just teaching them educational things but that are very like life skills like you're gonna learn how to read because your ass needs to learn how to read yeah. and then the older you know you get you're it's like i'm a math teacher i'm teaching math but then you know you're also like helping these kids navigate the most awkward time of their life you know and you're you're charged with teaching them life skills, even though, you know, it's it's not in the job description, but as a teacher, you have to. So yeah. it's, yeah, you're, especially, especially you in the arts. If you're an English teacher or you're like the band or choir teacher, you are, you are inherently super taken care of. At least there's a handful of kids that like, you are their lifeline. Yes. Like, <gasps> <coughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry. I, I just, I, I, I thought of something. My lifeline. Made me physically ill. There is a girl in my acting class who should be in therapy instead. You know, where it's like, like, you know, certain, especially in the arts, like people come into it being like, Mozart saved me. And it's like, calm down. No, someone else should be saving you. You know, where it's like, I, I think I think the arts can be therapeutic, but it shouldn't be your therapy. My improv teacher in my current level just said that. It's like, you know, some people come to improv and they're like, this is my therapy. You're like, no, don't do that. It's like, because not only is that a bad practice for you as a person, that is so rude to your classmates and your teacher. I'm yes. not a therapist. Well, this girl in the, like, she... I hate to say it because like I'm not trying to be unempathetic like I understand if you're struggling through something and like you bring that into class like sometimes you can't always help it and yeah we've all been that person from time to time but I mean like brings the class down like awkward level of like are are you okay do we need to put like a safety net under the stair you know like I it's it gets that way sometimes if you're not like dealing with your stuff and there and there's a difference in like if if you're going through a thing and you you know it's like you do the you do a scene how was that i'm just not feeling good i'm just kind of in a in a weird place and that's fine you know and like my current teacher is really good at being like you know and like the current level i'm in it's all about real personal notes so she goes if you're just having a day where you can't fucking take criticism let me know like it could just be an easy day Sometimes, yeah, just, it's like, because I don't need you to bring awful shit in, and I don't need to make it worse. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wish more teachers were, like, 
and I guess by more teachers, I mean like classroom teachers. Yeah. Had that kind of openness of like, it is a two-way street, you know, like I'm, I am an authority figure because like I'm the adult in the room, but also like on some level, I care about you a little bit, even if I don't like you, like I want you to be comfortable in my class because then it benefits the teacher too. Yeah. I was, I taught a studio class this morning, clarinet studio and like someone will play on and it's on zoom, which is horrible, but someone will play and I'll be like, okay, you know, comments from the class. Like, what'd you think? What'd you hear? What'd you notice? And I had to like teach, you have to teach people how to give feedback well, which is a fun thing. I'm a big fan of the like compliment, but, and then suggestion. That's good. Yeah. I, I only know the compliment sandwich. That's another good one. Um, lots of forms but sometimes I, I like that one though because i feel like sometimes especially kids because you know i mean ad- everyone can be a dick but kids because they do it in the guise of thinking they're fun like funny and it's like mm-hmm. oh, i thought you played well um you need to fix playing though because you suck and uh you have a nice instrument and it's just like just give give an actual good <laughs> what's, what's the best compliment well your instrument's nice <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i think um i mean for the most part that form goes over well i think so well it, it's so interesting too like little kids are blunt and part of me kind of likes that because at least they're being honest right you know? and then you get like the junior high and high school kids and like they're insecure about themselves and so then they're also insecure like talking to other kids about things they could work on and that's the group i was with today it was a bunch of high schoolers and i was like we know that you don't have beef just because you said like you missed your g flat like that's not that's not a personal attack for better or for worse, you do end up being responsible for this person becoming the person they will age into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that's just, so, again, we've been saying this. It's so much so in the arts. Because, especially, like, I'm just thinking of, like, the stereotypical, like, the choir kid who is in the musicals. And already probably a tad more emotional than the average high schooler. or You know? So then... You know, then, you know, especially if, like, you're, like, have that teacher-student relationship, like, you're helping them, like, and if they go on to college, you're helping them prepare for their auditions. You're, like, and then, you're, like, at this point, you're probably very invested in them as a person. Yeah. And, you know, you're helping them, like, go through rejection, and you're helping them, like, handle this, and then you're, like, teaching them, like, in this field. And then you're, like, their, like, career coach. Because unless their parents yeah. were musicians, they have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. It's such an ambiguous, weird, ever-shifting landscape to navigate. And also, like, as a teacher in the arts, like, I care about the kids that also care about what I care about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. If you're just here because, like, my mom's making me play Brahms, then, like, I don't care that much about you you know but if you're like genuinely invested i'm like oh same me too it's like a it's like a bonding thing that's why i wanted to well like when i was planning to try like and go the college professor route i was like i want to teach but at the college level presumably they really want to study this thing yeah i was like high school you know like they they could like people care but you know there's a greater chance that they all care yeah. At the well, college level. Well, that's why when I got this new writing job, I kept some of my, like, older students. Because I was like, A, I just kind of, I've had you for years, and I've watched you develop, and you seem to really care about this. So, like, I would like to keep teaching you and just, like, see where it goes. And also, like, it's fun for me. When we can both, like, talk about it with, this like, a similar level of interest, then it's fun to teach you. And it feels less like teaching and more like collabing. Yeah. To put it in a cool way. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> dropping a new collab. 
<laughs> Rose Etude number six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Teaching, I mean, obviously, for, for us, well, well, now, more so for you as well, it is not the primary source of income. So, it's like, obviously still do it because it means a lot to me. Like, watching, I think I told you this, I was at this band camp that I referenced because that's most of my younger student teaching. And she was playing four mallets and she was playing with a grip that is still used, not super common in the States. And I was like, wow, you're like, you're pretty good at using this grip. Who taught you that? And she was like, you did like three summers ago. Um, you like helped me and you showed me all the options and you, you said no one really uses this, but if it feels good in your hands to keep at it. And I did. And I was like, you I, impacted her. I was her. like, I did that. Nice. <laughs> I was so happy for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love to like, um, like giving someone advice, like try that again, but like imagine X, Y, Z or like picture your air doing this or whatever. And then it sounds better. And I, one of my, I think my most valuable teaching tools when they do something right, I'm like, that sounded amazing. Did you notice as like a follow up? Like, did you hear the difference? And then B, like, what did you do different? Like, put it in your own words. Mm-hmm. Like, sticks with them more. Because there's, like, there's a lot of ways to, like, I don't know. I feel like part of my job as a teacher, especially in music, is, like, just finding the right way to phrase the same idea, but for different exactly. individuals. Yeah. Like, for some people, I can just say, use better air support. And they just kind of intuitively know what it means and it works. For other kids, I have to be, like, take it, especially the little ones, like, take a deep breath. Like, you're about to jump in the pool. How do you breathe? You know? Or, like, pretend you're blowing out a birthday candle. What's your air like? Do that on the instrument. Today I used a blow dart example because <laughs> I was feeling violent. <laughs> I just threatened myself in the mirror. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blow you to bits, bitch. Yeah, that's why I also, you know. <laughs> I'm picturing myself, like. In the mirror, like, screaming that like at you. Like, popping an edible and looking at myself bloodshot in the mirror, being like, I'm going to blow you up. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but that, I think that's why um, a lot of really good performers are just not good teachers, especially if they were just they don't know really naturally it. talented. So they didn't have to struggle. They didn't have to learn. So they didn't have to think of different ways to attack the same problem themselves. So then, yeah, I'm like, you're just a bad teacher because they're very much the I can do this. Why can't you kind of method? Yeah. You can't approach teaching from yourself, which is a I don't know if that makes sense when I say it. But you know what I mean? Like, you, uh, yeah, because... You can't base how you teach based on what you are able to do. Yeah. No, and, for sure. And if you if you can't break down what you do into, like, attainable, achievable, actionable, other A-word step, <laughs> <laughs> then you're a bad teacher. Like, play your scale faster. How? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is... Sound better. That's my favorite. Like, the sound was just bad. I was like, okay. Sometimes, Can you give me more? Yeah, sometimes me when I'm... <laughs> sometimes when I'm That's giving advice, um, just like normal advice, not musical, um, not teaching, I'll be like, this is where you have to end up. I was like, I'll be like, this is the destination. You may not know it, but you have to end up here. I don't know what the path looks like. But I was like, I will help you, but like that is that. Yeah. But you can't do that with teaching. It's like, this is where you need to end up, and this... These are the various paths you can take. Yeah. And I will help you through each and every one. And say you get a third of the way through one and it's janky, we jump to the other one. To, uh, or if we need to go back to square square A, square A, square one. Square A. Uh, that's a big square A. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean it that way. He really didn't. Both of you, stop it. (laughs) I'm tired of your shit. Daniel, don't talk to my boys that way. My boys. (laughs) My boy! (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy! (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, parenting's the ultimate teaching. Right? When done then That is the ultimate teaching, especially in the sense of, like, the lineage of teaching. Because you're just like... <laughs> and it's not that the child is aware of it, <coughs> but it's very much... Sorry, choked on my Carlo Rossi there. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by Carlo Rossi. Do you want a jug of fun in your life? Carlo Rossi's, like, $7. <laughs> Get uh, it today. Yo, Sponsor if, me. if they sponsored us, I would I would drink a jug of that every recording session absolutely <laughs> friend in a jug friend in a jug that would be amazing color we're shouting them out hey i'm just saying guys if you would like to see us get shit-faced on cheap wine let us know let us know and tag carlo rossi too yeah um and if they don't have any taggable social media make them <laughs> make that is true is there like a carlo rossi twitter look it up now teach me is there a twitter <laughs> are you going to twitter.com no Oh. Oh, you're just Googling it. Just go to Twitter and search for Colorado. Wow, is that... No, that's just a person who named themselves. Signore Carlo Rossi. It probably helps that I didn't... Well, is there like an overarching brand that owns Carlo Rossi? See, we're learning something. We're teaching ourselves. Also, yeah, self-teaching is very important. And that's kind of what you're teaching. table wine. Wait, what does that mean? What kind of table are you slapping this jug on? A sturdy oak one that won't bend any <laughs> yeah. of the weight. I picture like like one of those um like folding card tables that's just been in your family for 30 years that has like paint on it, but no one paints anything. So you're like, how did that get there? <laughs> that's where the Carlo Rossi jug belongs. And if that's where you want to sit, Carlo Rossi, $7 at like Jewel or something. Pick it up today. I gotta get in the advertising. Oh business. my god! Do they have a Twitter? I think. I mean, Modesto, California, Colorosi.com. <gasps> they do, and they're not yes. verified, so that means there's a good chance. Oh, that yes, <laughs> yes. I was gonna say, do you remember when Franzia had a, a Hinge account or a, a Tinder account? <laughs> no. <laughs> Somebody. It was. I don't know if it was just like in the Chicago area or if it was like you know national reach but somebody literally would put like a scarf and glasses on a box of franzia and they made them a tinder profile and i matched with them i don't know what gender franzia is uh not that it matters they're they're gender fluid oh my oh my god (laughs) oh we're having some good ones (laughs) i'm gonna bust a blood vessel See how much fun you can have with wine. That's why we need to get sponsored. (laughs) Or, you know, straight up, uh, whatever. Uh, Dovetail, I like their beer. Through uh, Goose Island, you're all right. Uh, If any of you want want to sponsor us, we have a thriving following of people. Yeah. Um, Barefoot, perhaps? (laughs) Yeah. To get into that, that's kind of my brand. My brand! My brand! Bitch. Okay. Speaking of, I something just reminded me of this. Literally this morning, so in in go 
callback teaching pop culture references i'm working on one of the brahms sonatas with one of my students and i was like have you ever seen the raising brahms video <laughs> the way that that ruled my undergrad rocked my world <laughs> and she she looked it up and today in my lesson she was like oh yeah i watched that raisin brahms video as if it was homework which <laughs> it should have been and she was like it was so weird she like it was funny but it was so weird and like didn't make sense and i was like that was truly like the zeitgeist of the, the times like that like that 2010 youtube era of bobby like, yeah it was like <laughs> llamas and hats so stupid and so funny commercials aren't stupid anymore that's the problem also i was just talking about this with Sinek yesterday is we were talking about great commercials from like the late 90s early 2000s and, a gold mine and we're just like kids don't have that now because, like, unless you're watching something with ads, like Hulu with ads, but still, those ads are nothing like the commercials yeah. we had. No one, like, channel surfs. Yeah. Not really. Unless I'm, like, at my parents' house. I channel surf at my parents' house just to feel nostalgic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's... when I'm at my mom's, I'm I like, holy love, shit. I love a TV Guide channel. <laughs> with those infomercials going. Oh, good. Info- Dude, fucking nothing, Snapchat. Nothing sounds more ideal to me than, like, being in a Super 8 hotel. <laughs> Cranking up the AC, laying back with the lights on, and just letting the TV Guide channel go for hours into the night. <laughs> That's my honeymoon. And also, this is a good teaching experience to all of you listeners. Go watch some fucking late 90s, early 2000s commercials. The Snuggie infomercial uh, yeah. was a <laughs> cultural reset. It was. It was. Have you ever just been like you're at like a football game? Also, I also just love the trope of fumbling with very easy tasks. Oh, I know. Have you ever had to juggle eleven remotes <laughs> under your blanket? And they're all just like, oh. <laughs> have you ever been a shivering white woman in your mansion? <laughs> like, <laughs> put on the snuggie. It looks great. Yeah, I have one, and I love it. It's leopard print. It has pockets. I wore it to a party. It was a jungle theme party. And I was a leopard. Rar. Shut up! <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah, I know. I think. S- shut up spiritually. <laughs> I think we've taught you everything you have to learn. I think that's education. <laughs> that's, that's teaching. And that's how you teach. That's I hope you learned something. Um, let us know what you learned. There will be a quiz. <laughs> it would not be. It would not be a true podcast about or episode about yeah. teaching and learning if we did not make sure you learned yeah i know a lot of podcasts you just like play in the background but not this one uh this requires active listening and participation yeah and if and you, you don't graded accordingly if you don't the next time you look in the mirror you might see dan's face i'm gonna break your legs <laughs> <laughs> and he said that into the mic so into that was to mic. you so that was to you yeah dude isn't that time for the le twitter all right so my my funny little chuckle tweet from uh mr hickey is an important part of being gay is gasping and whispering gays to yourself when you spot gays in an unexpected place because i feel like i've seen this happen in my own hallway (laughs) i'll see because you know how like sometimes you ride the elevator up and you're like walking with a stranger and you're like, okay, you're just whatever guy. And then you hear him knock on the door and someone answers and they both go, hi. I'm like, oh, gays. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> um, and for you, almost halfway through February and Wordle hasn't been black. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah, Wordle's a tad racist. Well, it's owned by the New York Times now.
Oh, it's about to get more racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Wow, weird. Three days in a row, the word was white. They actually extended it, and the second word was power. <gasps> That's crazy. Yes. There's a there's a knockoff wordle called queerdle, and it's like queer terminology, and it's really hard. I tried it once, and I don't think I'll try it again. Because <laughs> gay though I am, I don't know these these words. <laughs> gay though I am. They had a seven letter word. I was like, I have no idea. Anal's only four. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else it could be. <laughs> Balls? Like, <laughs> I just... Tr- obviously, obviously, it's like like all-encompassing queer. So not just gay men. So obviously my little narrow perspective on it is obviously going to make it challenging. But like, damn, it's some hard words. <laughs> anyway. Anal. Goodbye. <laughs> that's per- No, that's how we're leaving it. Goodbye. Oh, wait, we didn't do any uh, parting words. No, that was, it was anal. Oh, just anal. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 